The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. <laughs> All right, note to self. We're in the series, and we're talking about those valuable things that sometimes can be easy for us to kind of overlook or oversee, right? Things that we can forget, but they're important. And we're, we're reminding ourselves of those things so that we don't miss out on the relationship with God that we can have, because really that's what it's all about, just a reminder. This is about fellowshipping with God, worshiping Him, loving Him, being connected with Him, seeing Him the right way. If you don't see God the right way, you're not going to connect with Him the right way. But, but then also understanding that because we're connected to God, because we have a relationship with him and he is such an incredible loving God, he has blessings and benefits and things that he wants you to experience and, and walk in. And so today I wanna to talk to you about the grace of God. I wanna to talk to you about the grace of God and I wanna to talk to you specifically on the lines of note to self, I can't earn this. I can't earn this. Turn to the person beside you and say, I can't earn this. The favor of God, the love of God, the goodness of God, you can't earn it. Amen. And that's really, really good news. I'm going to show you that today. In, in 1998, I was 18 years old, and a movie came out that summer called Saving Private Ryan. Anybody remember this movie? It was kind of a landmark movie. In fact, it went on to win seven Academy Awards. It did not win Best Picture. I didn't remember that, but it didn't win Best Picture. It lost to that movie we all remember really well, Shakespeare in Love. What a travesty, right? <laughs> but but it, was a, it was a great movie. And, and part of what was great about the movie is Steven Spielberg, the director, kind of took us to places that people who'd been to watching movies had never been before. Like he, he brought us into a reality of what it was like to, to experience storming the beaches during World War II on D-Day. And it was gruesome. And it was graphic, but it, it, it gave us a glimpse into what some of those soldiers did and fought for. And beyond that, there's this story at the heart of it, this story about this private named James Francis Ryan, or Private Ryan, who was one of four brothers, and three of his brothers have been killed in combat during World War II. And this is actually based on a true story. And so three of his four brothers are dead, and so the U.S. military discovers this, and they're like, we got to get this guy out. They, they actually... Uh, get him a discharge so that he can be released because it's, they don't want to put that family through the devastation of losing all four of their sons. And so they find this, this captain, Captain Miller, who's played by Tom Hanks, and they send him to go, to go get Private Ryan. And he's not really, you know, excited about this task, but he's a good soldier, a good captain. And so he takes this group of men and they go to save Private Ryan. Well, if you know the movie, you know, at the very end, when they find him, he's actually kind of guarding a bridge, this, this outpost. And he's been there and soldiers have lost their lives and he doesn't want to leave. They're there to save him and to pull him out of it, but he doesn't want to leave because he doesn't want to lose the ground that's been gained. And so they end up deciding that they're going to stay there, they're going to fight for it. And in the process of that, many of the soldiers, including Captain Miller, lose their life. And there's this scene where Captain Miller is holding, uh, or, or Private Ryan is holding Captain Miller because he's been fatally wounded and he's dying. And he leans up and he whispers into the ear of Private Ryan, he says, earn this. Earn it. And in that moment, the idea is you're, you're, gonna, you're being saved you've been saved. You're going to get out of this. 
this, this horribleness, this death, this life that we're all living, you're about to be saved and you're about to be saved because we gave our life. And so you need to live a life worthy of that. You need to live a life that earns that. And with those words kind of hanging in there, earn this, life goes out of his body. So in the movie, fast forward 60 years and you've got James Francis Ryan, now an old man walking through the cemetery of Normandy and he sees this headstone and he goes over to it and he falls down and it's, it's the headstone of, of Captain John Miller, the captain who told him, earn this. And he falls to his knees and he begins to cry. His wife comes over to console him and, and he looks at her with tears in his eyes and he says, have I been a good man? Have I lived a good life? Earn this. And as I was preparing this message this week, God kind of reminded me of that movie and that moment because I think a lot of us as Christians, we go through life thinking that Jesus hung on the cross and his words to humanity were, earn this. But he did not say earn this on the cross as he hung there and died. He said, it is finished. And the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is it's not about you earning the favor and the blessings and the goodness and the love of God. It's not about what you do. It's about what Jesus has done. It's about you receiving that. And so many people get confused on this. We think that it's our job now. Jesus did this great thing and now I gotta, I gotta live in such a way to, to earn what he's done for me, to make myself and keep myself worthy of it. But that's not the message of, of Jesus. That's not the gospel good news of Jesus Christ. And here's the problem. If we live with that earn this mentality at the, fo uh, at the focal point of our mind, we become very selfish in our, in our thinking because our, our life becomes based on our performance and not Jesus's goodness. We begin to set our eyes on our ability, what we can do, what we have to do, what we can accomplish. We become very me-focused. I've got to get this right. I've got to do this right. I've got to. And so we become our own little gods. And the problem is we were never meant to live that way. And in the pursuit of that earn this mentality, what we discover is we can't get there. And so we get frustrated. We get aggravated. And as we're pursuing this, we end up feeling further and further away from God because we become more and more aware of the frailty of ourself and our own human nature. And we stumble in our frustration into more sin and more problems and more ruts that keep us from what God really wants us to have. Yeah. Listen, Jesus didn't die on the cross so you could now work really hard to pay him back. Oh, yeah. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Jesus died on the cross so that we could receive grace the free gift of grace through him. Grace that, that, that is a free gift that means now we can step into a real relationship, not a religion, but a real relationship with a father God. Yeah. Not a God, not the God, your father God. The message of Jesus is a message of grace and that a lot of Christians don't really understand it. We don't really get it. And because we don't, we aim for the wrong targets. We, we feel condemnation because of our mistakes. We end up feeling like we have to live these lives based on our performance, perfection-oriented, performance-oriented lives. And, and we end up super frustrated because no matter how hard we try in our own ability, in our own strength, we just can't seem to earn this. So let's make no mistake this morning. You can't earn this. You can't earn your salvation. 
You can't earn the grace of God. You can't earn the blessings of God. It's not by your works so that no man can boast. It's by the work of Jesus Christ. All right, so what is grace? Here's grace. Definition of grace is the unmerited, undeserved, unearned kindness and favor of God. You guys with me this morning? It's the unmerited, undeserved, unearned kindness and favor of God. Look at this with me. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says this. For it is by grace. By what? By grace. It's by grace you have been saved through faith. It's available by grace. It's, it's received through faith. We've got to have the grace is the ability to receive it. Faith is the ability to walk in it. Yeah. All right? Uh, and this is not from yourselves. Notice that. Not from yourselves. It's a gift from God. Not by works. Your works don't accomplish your salvation so that no one can boast. It's not about what you can do. It's not about your performance. In fact, in Isaiah 64, it talks about what your works really amount to. Look at this, Isaiah 64, verse 6. All of us have become like one who is unclean. So that just means that we all in life sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. Amen? Amen. We all make mistakes. We all mess up. We all don't live up to the standard of God, the standard of the Ten Commandments. None of us can. None of us will. We all mess up. So look what it goes on to say. And all of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. So the idea here is we all mess up. And then what we feel like, there's, we know inside this isn't right. And so we go, okay, I got to fix this. I got to do something. And so we, we try to put together these righteous acts. What that means is they're acts to put you in right standing. Yeah. Right standing with yourself, right standing with God. And notice what it says. It says they're like filthy rags. Now, I'm not trying to be rude, gross, or crude. But it's important that you understand what that word, filthy rags, those words actually mean. Filthy rags in the Greek means a soiled garment used for sanitary reasons. <laughs> okay, so like toilet paper or like what women use during their menstrual cycle that's been soiled. I'm not trying to be gross here, but, but the Bible, this is the Bible. I didn't do this, okay? That's what our acts are like. They're, they're not a value. They're unclean. So, so get this. It's not about your acts. Your acts don't get you right with God. They can't. They're filthy rags in the nose of God. They, they, don't, they don't work. So it's not something that, that you can earn. And it's not something that you deserve. Like you, you can't, if you do enough good acts, you still don't deserve it. And what's great is you don't get what you deserve. <laughs> That's really good news, just so you know. Because what we deserve, the Bible tells us this in Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death. So we all agreed earlier, we all sin. And the Bible says the wages for our sin, what you get paid, what you deserve, what you get for your sin is death. So, so, that's not good, right? When it talks about death there, it's not talking about just we die, although that's part of it. It's talking about eternal separation from God. That's what that means. But check it out, what it goes on to say. But the gift of God, it's a gift, right? We're talking about this gift. The gift of grace is eternal life through your really great efforts. No, that's not what it says. The gift of God is through Jesus Christ our Lord. Grace is a gift. And it's not something you deserve. You don't get what you deserve. So note to self, you can't earn this. It's a gift. Grace is a gift. Now think about a gift for a moment, okay? Let me bring this home a little bit. Imagine it's Christmas morning and somebody gives you a gift. 
And it's a really awesome gift. It is like the most incredible gift you've ever received in your life. It's not only what you, you want, it's what you need. It's going to change your life. So they give you this gift and, and you're looking at it and you're blown away that they did this for you. And so you're thanking them. Thank you so much. This is amazing. This is exactly what I need. My life is going to be so different from this moment on. And they look at you and they say, man, that's so great. I'm glad that you love it. That'll be $122.50. <laughs> you're like, whoa, whoa, hey, whoa, whoa, wait, what? I, I thought this was a gift. Yeah, it, it is, but you know, it cost me a lot. <laughs> like I had to go to the store and I had to pick it out and I had to bring it home and I had to pay for it and wrap it up and bring it here, you know? So yeah, I want, I want you to have it, but that'll be 122.50. How many of you know in that moment, they didn't give you a gift, they gave you a bill. Yeah. <laughs> or, or same scenario, what if, same thing, they give you this incredible gift, you're thanking them for it and they look at you and they say, oh, I'm so glad that you love it. Next weekend, you can come over and you can start paying me back for it. I, I got some shingles I need fixed and the gutters are a mess. And then next, then the weekend after that, we'll start reframing that new room that I want to add to the house. You'd be like, what, 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 what? you mean I got to work this off? I thought this was a gift. Well, it is, but it, you know, it's, it's very valuable. So you owe me something for it. I mean, you know, in that situation, they didn't give you a gift. They gave you a debt. Okay. Some of you need to hear this this morning. Jesus didn't die on the Christ. On the, on the cross to give you a bill. He came to pay the bill for your sins. Jesus didn't die on the cross to put you in debt. He came to free you from the debt of sin, hell, and destruction. Can I get an amen? And you need to realize that this morning. This is not something God, God's not looking at you going, okay, I did something really great. Now you got to pay me back. Oh, God just wants to have fellowship with you. He came to give you this gift and it's such a great gift. Because of Jesus, we don't get what we deserve. And we don't even, here's the other thing, we don't just not get what we deserve either. Like, that's mercy. Mercy is when you just don't get the thing that you deserve. But that's not grace either. Grace is you get something you don't deserve. You not only don't get what you deserve, you actually get something you don't deserve, something incredible that you don't really deserve. And this is possible because of Jesus, because that's exactly what Jesus did on the cross. He got something he didn't deserve. Remember, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, right? So Jesus never sinned, remember? Jesus was perfect. He lived a perfect life. He was perfect. And so when he went to the cross and died, the wages of sin had no claim to his life. I'm getting into some theology with you this morning. I hope you're ready for this. The wages of sin had no claim to his life. So now all of the sin of all mankind is poured out on him. Sickness, all of that's laid on Jesus. So he takes on the wages that he doesn't deserve. Death, hell, and destruction is placed on him. And because Jesus received a wage he doesn't deserve, now through the atonement work that he created through the cross, we can now receive something we don't deserve. He took on death, hell, and the grave. And now through him, we can receive life, the kind of life that he wants us to experience. This is good news. We can experience the unmerited, unearned goodness, kindness, and favor of God. That's available to us. That's why Jesus said in John 10, 10, he said, I came that you may enjoy and have life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. That's what Jesus came to do for you. And you should be a lot more excited than you are this morning. I'm just letting you know, this is really, really good news. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. You don't just not get the justice of sin. See, sin had to be judged. It had to be judged. It had to be dealt with. 
And so God poured it out on Jesus. So now you get the choice. You get the choice people didn't have before. Now we can choose to say, okay, God, I will let Jesus judge, be judged for my sin and receive the work that he did at the cross. Or you can continue to say, I guess I'll just take it on myself. I'll take the judgment myself. You can either receive of the work of the cross or you can not. But God wants you to. This gift of grace is for you. You can receive this free gift if you're willing to put your trust and your faith in God, in Jesus, in the work that he did for you. Romans 3.24 says, all are justified freely, freely. You don't deserve it. It's undeserved. By his grace, through the redemption that came by our best efforts. Is that what it says? Is that what it says, church? I want you to get this this morning. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm hitting it hard. It's not by your efforts. It's by Jesus Christ. Our justification is not in our works. It's not in what we do. It's in what Jesus has done. Therefore, note to self, I can't earn this. But through connection and relationship with God, you can receive it. The goodness of God, the favor of God, the blessings of God, the healing of God. You can have those things by grace through faith. It's available. And that's why Jesus said, I've came to give you life. He wants you to have abundant life. He wants your life to overflow. He wants your life to be abundant so that you can bless other people and more people can come into this family and experience the grace of God that Jesus has made available. So, okay, so what does this look like? What what does grace look like? Well, it looks like a lot of stuff. (laughs) And I don't have time to completely cover grace in one message, okay? Just so you know. That's a series, and we're probably going to have a series on grace in the future. You can look forward to that. But today, I want to kind of specifically speak to aspects of grace that that help us have a greater understanding of this idea that note to self, I can't earn this. So Galatians chapter 4, I told you to, to look at that, to turn there. We're going to look at this together. Paul is talking to the church of Galatia, and he's talking about the work of Jesus Christ on the cross and some of what it accomplished. Look at this. When the fullness of time had come, in just the right time, God has a just the right time. Did you know that? He's got a just the right time for you this morning. At just the right time, God sent forth his son, his gift, this gift of grace came. God so loved the world that he gave, right? Jesus was a gift, born of a woman, born under the law. So Jesus came into this world and he came under the standard of this world. He became a human being and he came to live under the law. And when he lived a perfect life, he lived a perfect life according to the law. So when he went to the cross and died without sin, it means he lived perfectly the 10 commandments out. He nailed it. No one else could do that, but Jesus did it under the law to redeem those who were under the law. So he came to redeem people who were having to live by that standard so that we wouldn't have to live by that standard. That means that the 10 commandments don't get thrown away. It just means that the 10 commandments are not how we connect with God anymore. It's not based on our fulfillment of those. We don't throw them away. You know, which one are you going to throw away? Yeah, like, no, we, we still, those are still good to live by, just so you know. We're not killing people, not stealing from people. Amen. <laughs> to redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive the adoption. If you have a paper Bible with you, underline adoption, circle that, make a note of that. We're going to come back to that. Adoption as sons, and because you are sons, notice that language, God has sent forth the spirit of his son. That's talking about the Holy Spirit. Into your hearts to come abide in you, crying out, Abba, Father. Everybody say, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. 
Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. Notice that, that contrast between a slave mentality versus a son mentality. We're going to talk more about that in a little bit. You're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir. You're not just a son, but you, you're an heir, which means there's an inheritance of God through Christ. Okay, so I'm going to unpack this for you because there's so much here. It's really good. So the first thing that, that Paul outlines for us is he talks about us being born into the family of God and the kind of relationship is that of, he relates it to adoption. Okay, so if you're taking notes this morning, write this down. By grace, we have been adopted. By grace, we've been adopted. Look back at Galatians 4, verse 4 and 5. God sent forth his son that we might receive the adoption as sons. Everybody say, the adoption. Yeah. Okay, so because of the cross, by grace, we're born into the family of God, and we could become a part of the adoption. It's a specific adoption. It's not just a adoption. It's speaking to a specific kind of adoption. Now, when this was expressed to the people of the Church of Galatia, they, they understood it because the people in this time were living under uh, first century Roman culture. They understood how big of a deal adoption was. Ob obviously, adoption is still a huge deal. But back then, it was, it was a big deal too. In fact, um, in order for you to adopt a child, it meant it was permanent. It meant there was no getting out of it. You could actually disown a biological child, but you could not disown an adopted child. And here's why. With your biological child, it's like we tell our kids sometimes, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. <laughs> like you, you don't get to pick them. You just have a baby. And what you get is what you get. You don't get to choose. You may weren't even trying to have one, but you get one. But when you adopt a child, what you had to do, especially a son, is you had to adopt this child. You had to look at them and you had to say, okay, I'm recognizing that in bringing you into my family, you are becoming an heir in this family. Someone who will carry on the legacy of this family, the name of this family. You will have an inheritance within this family and I can never get out of this. So there was a lot of thought that went into, are you worthy of adoption? So you had to choose. And once you made that choice, it was irrevocable. But once it was made, that child that was adopted, when they were adopted, everything from their old life was completely wiped away. If they had any debts, if, if they came from a bad family, whatever those things may be, all of that stuff became erased. And now they become a part of this new family. And everything that that family has now becomes what they have. All their past is erased. Now they have a new life with this new family. This is a picture of what happens with Jesus, right? The first part is God chose you. He chose you. He recognized this is a big deal. And he'll never leave you and forsake you. That means that once he adopts you, he ain't, he ain't going to quit on you. He's in this for the long haul. So he chose you to adopt you into his family, knowing that now you're going to be an heir with him. You're going to have an inheritance in him. You're going to be blood with him. He's bringing you in. And now because of, because of Jesus, all your sins, all your shame, all your past, everything before him becomes erased. And now you have new life in Christ Jesus. How awesome is that? But it's even more than that. Because here's the deal. With an adopted child, that child can never really be of your blood, right? They can be in your family and you can treat them like blood and you can have all that, but they never, they, they can't have converted blood where they actually have your blood running through their veins. But this was not just a adoption. This is the adoption. And when you become a part of the family of God, you are born 
into the adoption, which means the blood of Jesus that was shed becomes a part of who you are. You get a new DNA in Christ Jesus, and now the blood of God becomes a part of who you are. You are a part of the family of God, and guess what? All these other Christians in this room, no matter what color they are, they're a part of the same family with you. We become a part of the family of God. Isn't it awesome? so cool what God does. This is the grace of Jesus Christ. It's not about what you've done. It's about what God has done that this is possible for you to have. And God wants you to see him the right way. He wants you to understand how good he is. Everything that he has is yours. We receive this new spiritual DNA. And that DNA means that you're accepted. God accepts you. He chose you. You know, sometimes I think we think when it comes to the family of God, it's kind of like, well, Jesus died for everybody. And so I'm a part of everybody. You know, he wanted to save those people and he kind of got me. It's kind of like, it's kind of like a stepchild. And sometimes in in families where there's a stepchild, they can sometimes feel a little disconnected from the, the new parent because they feel like, well, you didn't really pick me. You picked my mom or you picked my dad and you just kind of got me. You had to take me because you loved them. Because you loved them, you picked them. And I just had to kind of go along with that. I want you to know God is not stuck with you because he picked some other people and he had to take you too. That is not, God chose you specifically. He chose to buy you into the adoption of Jesus Christ. He looked at you and said, I want you. You're valuable to me. I love you and I want you to be a part of this family. By grace, we've been adopted. And beyond that, we don't just become a part of a family, but we become a part of what's called the sonship. Sonship. Look at what, by grace, here's your second point. By grace, we have, we receive sonship. Galatians 4, 4, 5, and 6 says this. God said for the son that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son in your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. So we've been adopted as sons. Now, ladies, don't feel... Don't feel bad because this really isn't speaking to a gender as much as it's speaking to a position that we get to receive. And sons in the family had a little bit higher of a position in biblical times than, than the girls do. But, but at the heart of this is also this idea that God is your father. And that was huge in this time. You're like, you got to think this, these people and how they related to God, like God was a distant God. God was not a God you could connect with. You had to go through somebody else to get to God. And if, and if they didn't do, if, if it wasn't done exactly right, like God could, could smite you. Like you get smoked, right? This is like what they, they read in the Old Testament about snakes coming up from the ground and stuff. And they're going, whoa, yeah, I'll just stay out of his way. And they, that's how they see God. And, and this is how a lot of people are. And that's why it goes on to talk about it goes on to talk about verse seven, you're no longer a slave, but a son. He has this contrast. And, and realize when he talks about being a son, Paul uses this word. He says, he's your Abba father. And that's big because what, what that meant in the Hebrew, uh, when he, when he ta- or in the Greek, when he talked about being, he, him being your Abba father, what that really meant was he's not just a father. He's not just the father. He's your father. He personalizes it. He's not just a God, the God, a father, the father. He's your father. And he wants you to see him from that perspective, not as a slave. Because see, that's how a lot of people relate to God. You know, you think about a son has a father, but a slave has a master. 
And this is how the people of this day were. They, they related to God as a, as a slave does a master. Like if, you got a, a, if you're a slave, you're in debt. You gotta pay something back and it's never enough and you don't really know how the master's gonna feel about you from day to day. You don't really wanna approach the master. You're not really sure, you know, if the master cares about you or loves you. You don't, you don't really have a connection to the master, but that's not what God wanted for you. And some of you, that's how you relate to God. Like, I don't, I can't really be close to God, but I can, you know, at least get to heaven. God wants you to see him as a father. You know, a good father, you can crawl up in the lap of a good father. A good father cares about you. A good father wants to talk to you. A good father wants to be with you. A good father wants to do things with you and wants to do things for you. That's, that's a good father. So here's the question. How do you relate to God? Do you relate to God as a father? Or do you relate to God like a slave and a master? Or maybe, maybe it's a little bit of both. Maybe sometimes it's a father, but sometimes when it comes to some stuff, he's still a master to you and you're a slave. You know, I, I've got three kids and my kids don't relate to me by my position as a pastor. <laughs> and that's really good. Like before I'm their pastor, and I am their pastor, but before I'm their pastor, I'm their father. Yeah. And so this will never happen in my home or when my kids comes up to me, he's like, um, pastor dad, Real quick, wanted to see, got a lot going on. School's been kind of crazy, you know, this whole new thing that we're doing now, two days a week, whatever. Uh, I want to see if I could get some time with you. Maybe you could pencil me in. Should I contact your assistant and see if she can get me in the next couple weeks? No, that's not how it works. They just come to me and they just crawl up in my lap or they just come and we just talk and we just, we have a relationship. I'm their father. They know that I love them. They know I care about them. And so we connect that way. Is that how you approach God? Do you see him that way? Because that's how he wants you to see him. And I think a lot of people struggle with this, and here's why. Because sometimes our earthly fathers don't give us a very good lens to see the Father God through. Now, God kind of wanted it to be where you would have a father that would give you a glimpse into the nature of Father God. But very often we have fathers who don't live up to that standard, and it actually becomes a stumbling block for us because a father's abusive, because a father holds a standard that we can't live up to. We try really hard, no matter how hard we try, it's never enough. It seems like they're always looking to kind of come down on us. Maybe, maybe you didn't have a father, maybe you're abandoned, your father wasn't even there. And so it's hard for you when, I, when we talk about a father God, you're kind of going, that's hard for me to relate to that because I'm, you, you can't help but kind of see the father God through the lens of your earthly father. I want you to know this morning, if that's you, if you find yourself there, even if you had the most incredible father in the world, you need to understand something. I had a great dad, right? I really did. My father was incredible. He loved me great. I mean, he was as close to perfection as I can think of. And yet what I've come to learn is as great as my dad was, he still pales in comparison to the love of my father, God. Because my father God is perfect and his love for me is perfect because his love for me is not something he has towards me. It's something he is for me. God is love. And so whether you had a great father or a terrible father, you got to see God through a different lens. He's your father. He loves you and he cares about you. And we're children of God. We're sons of God. We have a position with God and he wants us to see him as our father. And then it goes on to say that you're not just a son, but an heir, an heir. So think about an heir. What does an heir mean? Well, that speaks to inheritance. 
That speaks to you having something, that they leave something for you. Now think about an heir. Once again, note to self, I can't earn this. If you're an heir, like if you're an heir to the throne, you didn't do anything to earn that. You just got it because you were born into that family. If you're an heir, like it's not about what you do. It's just about who you belong to. It's about who you belong to. And you belong to the family of God if you're a child of God. And so there's an inheritance. And in fact, in Romans, it goes on to talk about how you're not just a child, you're not just an heir, but you're a joint heir. Now, here's what this means. When Jesus died on the cross, there was blessings and benefits and things that God placed into his account for the work that he did through the cross. That there's a bank account for Jesus that is overflowing with authority and strength. And and it's this incredible account that he can draw from because he is the son of God. But as a joint heir, here's what that means. That that the authority and the nature and and the, the promises that Jesus walks in, we have access to that account. So Jesus has endorsed all those promises. And now we can, by signing in faith, we can endorse and receive of those promises ourselves. Are you guys getting this this morning? We can make draws on the promises of God, not because of how perfect we are, because of what Jesus has done, because of what he's made available. We, but, but we got to understand this. In fact, let me say it like this. We have to understand and believe based on what Jesus has done so we can walk in all that Jesus has won. We have to believe and understand based on what Jesus has done so we can walk in all Jesus has won. And that's not just blessings. That's relationship. Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. That's close. That's how God wants you to be with him. Close, right there with him. And and, and in a position that's above the things of this world. It's above the problems of this world, above the issues of this world. You are seated with God in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This, my friends, is grace. How awesome is that, right? Good news, gospel grace, man. That's what we're talking about this morning. And we can have that. You don't earn it, but you can endorse it. You endorse it by faith. You have to endorse it. You have to believe in it. Think about it. Salvation is available. It's, it's there for the taking, but you've got to endorse it. You've got to believe in faith that it's there and that I can receive it. And you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth the reality that Jesus Christ is Lord. I confess. I agree. Jesus Christ is Lord. I am a sinner. I confess. I'm off. I need this. And I confess Jesus Christ is Lord. There's healing available for you. By Jesus Christ's stripes, we are healed. It's available, but you got to endorse it. You got to believe it, that it wasn't just for a few, but it was for all. And it's for you in your situation, not for others because he prefers those. No, for you because you're a child of God. And he doesn't love you less than he loves any other child that's been healed in the history of all mankind. Amen. Amen. You don't earn this. So quit trying to earn it. You don't have to. And to help us with this, the Bible talks about here, we've been given the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Look back at Galatians 4 one last time, closing up here. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, here we go, God sent forth the spirit of his son, that's the Holy Spirit, into your hearts to abide in you, crying out, Abba, 
Father. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would be your helper. And then after Jesus was gone, he would send this Holy Spirit to be with us, to abide in us, to help us. And one of the ways the Holy Spirit helps you is he cries out, Abba, Father. Here's what that means. Cries means he speaks loudly. And Abba, Father means he reminds you, God is your Father. So the Holy Spirit, when you mess up, he comes to you and he says, hey, you messed up, that's okay. God is your Father. He's still your Father because of what Jesus did. This isn't about you being perfect because you can't be. Jesus was perfect for you. And now because of Jesus, you can connect with your Father. So connect with him. Tell him you're sorry. You messed up. You sinned. Confess it. God, I fell short. I didn't live up to the standard. But I know it's not about me living up to the standard. It's about Jesus. So I, I plead the blood of Jesus over my mistakes. And I thank you that I'm forgiven in Jesus' name. And I won't walk in condemnation. I thank you, Lord. I will walk ahead in the faith in Jesus Christ and what he's done for me and connected to my Father God. I will not let this push me away from him. You're afraid? The Holy Spirit's gonna go, hey, it's okay. Your Father loves you. Go to him. He, he wants to wrap you up. He wants to help you not be afraid. Yeah. He wants to go to him. You can go to him because Jesus, Jesus made a way. So, so run to him. He wants to wrap you. He wants to help you. The Holy Spirit's gonna remind you of your position with God because of Jesus over and over again. He's gonna cry out, Abba, Abba, he's your father. He's there for you, run to him. So here's the deal, church. I hope you get this this morning. Note to self, I can't earn this. It's not about what I do because I can't do enough. I can't do enough. This isn't an excuse to live any way you want to. If you really understand grace, you don't wanna live any way you want to. This is a hope that we can rest in and put our faith in that lets us know that God is bigger than everything and our trust is in him. Our faith is in him. Rest in your father, rest in the cross, partner with the Holy Spirit and invite him. I encourage you, invite the Holy Spirit to reveal the heart of God for you. Holy Spirit, show me, show me how God loves me. Help me see, help me have a greater revelation of the love of God for me. Note to self, I can't earn this. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What's the Holy Spirit saying to you this morning in this message? Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.